So with that being said, I do have an honor this morning, and that is that our youngest son, Nolan, is with us. We were um, at a wedding this weekend. Nolan came up for a wedding of one of his um, um, high school teachers, got married, and we were able to officiate that. Nolan was there. It was quite a scene. I'll talk about that later, but it was quite a scene. But I am so honored that Nolan is with us. He has some great news going on in his life. I don't want to steal his thunder. But Nolan, I want you to come at this time and just kind of give us an update with what God's doing in your life and then bring the word to us this morning. Are you ready this morning? Okay, let's go. God bless you. Yeah, uh, like my dad said, I'm, my name's Nolan. I'm uh, their favorite youngest son. I believe I'm their favorite son, but my parents won't admit that. But as many of you know, um, I was in Bible school in Miami, Florida for about two years, and then I was in, at an internship at a church in Oklahoma, and now I have the opportunity of being an associate youth pastor at a, the same church, but in their Kansas City area location. So in the past 12 months, I've moved from Miami, Oklahoma, now Kansas, and just getting a little bit closer. And now I'm in full-time ministry, and all that means is I'm broke now. So... <laughs> And so it's just an honor to be here. It's always fun being back home, being able to preach. And it's fun seeing people. It's like, man, some of you guys have known me since I've been real little. So it's kind of weird and always humbling being like, man, you guys have known me since high school, middle school. But anyways, but uh, this week my dad asked me to preach on the seven I am statements of Jesus. And I'm going to be preaching it on uh, the one called I am the resurrection and the life. So if you have a Bible with you, and those scriptures will be on the screen, we'll be in John chapter 11, and we're going to kind of hop around through that chapter, but I'll give you context. I'll make sure it's a, I'm a Bible college student, so I got to make sure everything's in context, make sure everything's looking right. But uh, this is, we're starting off in verse one. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. And this is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. And we're going to hop down to verse 11. In these verses, we just see Jesus and the disciples make the decision to uh, travel down to see his friend Lazarus. Uh, Then Jesus said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, and now I'll go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. And then they thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus has died. Don't you love Jesus and the clarity that he always brings? So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you'll really believe. Come, let's see him. Come, let's see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. And then we see he finally arrives. He's told, he's like, all right, boys, let's go. Let's, let's get on the camels. Let's get on the donkeys. Let's head down there. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would only have been there, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, yes, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. 
And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And I believe Jesus is asking the same question to us here today in 2022. Everyone who lives and whoever believes in me will never die. But do you believe in this, Martha? Do you believe in this, Chris? Do you believe in this, Jordan? That's the same question Jesus is asking us today. But we see these two sisters are in the face of disappointment. How many of you have ever faced disappointment in your life? Oh yeah, I know I have. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity just to be able to bring a word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll speak through me, open the hearts and the ears of everyone uh, hearing my voice today, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. The sad truth about life is that we all will face disappointments. You're like, no, I came to church to be encouraged today, not to get beat up. But as I mentioned earlier, I moved down to Oklahoma City for about six months in October. And when we were planning on taking that trip down there, uh, something kind of scary happened in the family. Many of you might know this already, but we we're going to leave to Oklahoma City on a Friday and then spend the whole weekend there together and have like a big family trip, family get together in a new city that none of us have ever been to. But on Tuesday, uh, me and my mom were spending some time together. We went to go see the new James Bond movie. It was, I liked it. It was pretty good. But um, when we came home, we went out to the porch, and we saw our de- my dad, Pastor Mike, laying out on the deck, and he had a bucket by him. I was like, okay, he's not feeling good. He'll be better. He's, he always gets better the next day. And then Wednesday comes around. He's not feeling good at all. He is sick. Uh, he, I'm like, okay, Thursday he'll be better. The day before, we'll all be able to drive up there together. But then Wednesday night, I woke up on Thursday morning. My mom's like, we had to take him to the ER. I'm like, okay, my dad, my dad won't be able to go, but maybe my mom will be able to go with me. But then my mom sat me down. She's like, hey, I need to stay home and take care of your dad. And then, then she is a good woman. She's like, I need to stay home and take care of your dad. I was, and to be honest, I was disappointed. I was like, Lord, I thought we were going to have a good family vacation together. Lord, why did this happen? Lord, I know you're a healer. Why don't you just touch my dad right now? And then before I left on Friday, I didn't really get to say goodbye to him because he had a tube up his mouth, couldn't really talk. So I was just waving through a window and being like, I don't know when I'll see you next. Hopefully you get better but I was disappointed. I was ready for this next step, and my family wasn't able to be part of it with me. Every time in life, we'll face disappointment from three different areas, either from yourself, which that's something, to be honest, I struggle with. I get disappointed myself very easily. We can get disappointed with other people, but then we can also be disappointed with God. I wasn't disappointed that my dad got sick. You You can't do anything about that. I wasn't disappointed that my mom made the right decision to stay with my dad. I was disappointed that God didn't heal him. I was disappointed that I wasn't able to spend time with my family. But imagine what Mary and Martha would have felt like going to Jesus saying, hey, one of your closest friends, someone that you love dearly, is sick. I know that you're the savior of the world. I know that you're a healer. I've seen you heal people of leprosy, but you didn't heal my brother. They must have been disappointed. In verse 32, we see the disappointment in Mary. Lord, if you would have been here, 
my brother would not have died. And have you ever been that way? Like, Lord, if you would have shown up, this thing would have been different. If you would have shown up, I wouldn't be in debt right now. If you would have shown up, I would still be married. If you would have shown up, my kid would be following you. But that is the beauty of disappointment that we see in the stories, that disappointments are opportunities to learn more about God. We see in this disappointment, that's when Jesus revealed and said that, hey, I am the resurrection and the life. If there is no disappointment, if there is no uh, letdown, we would never have gotten that revelation from Jesus. In our disappointments, we have the opportunity to learn more about God. Because the truth is today, Journey Church, that you learn more in the valleys than you'll ever do on the mountaintops. Come on, can I get an amen today if you believe that? That's not fun listening to. That's not fun believing. But man, we get to learn more about Jesus in the valley. There's a sharpening that the valley is the spiritual gym to your faith. And some of you are like, man, I'm sore today, Jesus. I am tired. I need some protein today, Jesus. But that is the truth about the valley, is that we grow, we get strengthened in the valley of the faith. And if some of you are tired today, look at this promise that Jesus said in Matthew 11. Then Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Not the alcohol is going to give you rest. Not betting on sports games is going to give you rest. Only Jesus will give you rest today. Let, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, Jesus says, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give you is light. And maybe you're feeling like, I can't take it anymore. I've come out of these crazy two years from COVID, and then this happened, and this happened. I'm like, I can't take it anymore. But look at what the psalmist David, if you've never even been to church, I bet you've heard Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. And I'm here to tell you today that God is with you. You might be feeling like you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but Jesus is with you. That's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit with you. He is right beside you. He walks alongside you, even when the world seems dark, even when that situation seems dark and that you seem disappointed. But then, in verse 26, uh, we see Martha's response, or excuse me, in verse 27, she says this, Yes, Lord, she told him, I've always believed you are the Messiah the Son of God, the one who's come into the world from God. What's interesting here when you study the old Greek, uh, kind of geeking out on this right now, this is, you're like, you're a crazy youth pastor, but, um, but when you look at the I here when Martha says that, uh, that's her saying, I put my trust in you, Jesus. I put my trust in you, even though I'm disappointed, even though my brother still's dead, I still believe that you are the Messiah, the one that God has sent. And I want to encourage you today that even when we're disappointed, we can still trust in God. I hope that there will be people at this church that, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I trust in God. I don't know what happened with my dad, but I trust in God. I remember when I was driving to Oklahoma City, I was going by the uh, Vikings training facility. I don't know. I'm not good with highways. I don't know what that highway is called. 35? Uh, 
494. I was on 494 heading towards Oklahoma City. And uh, this song came on from, a worship song came on, and the lyrics for the song go like this. For those I hold most dear to me, for those I call my family, family, how could you love them more than me? Somehow you do. And I remember sitting there crying at the wheel. I'm like, man, I'm going <laughs> Oklahoma City all alone, but Father, you love my family more than I ever could. Father, you love these people. You love everybody more than I ever could, and I trust you today. I trust that you're going to bring healing to my dad. I didn't know I was in the face of disappointment, but all I could do is like, Lord, I trust you. Many of us were like, after we faced disappointment, we were like, all right, Lord, I had a good run. See you later. But that's not what Jesus calls us to do, and that's not what we see from these sisters. They're like, I trust in you. Many of us, we have more trust in our bank accounts, more trust in our spouses, more trust in our friends, more trust in the government than we have ever put in Jesus. And I'm here to maybe burst some bubbles, but that, those things will always fail you. Those things will always let you down. Just as we're seeing about Jesus is the hope, hope has a name. Jesus will never fail you. He will never leave you, and he'll never forsake you. We live in a day and age where we want quick and easy Google answers. Hey, if you need an answer, just Google it real quick. But when you're following Jesus, there ain't going to be quick answers sometimes. And that's, that's the hard truth is like, man, I'm, I felt like I was walking down there blind. I'm like, all right, here's another step. Here's, I don't know what I'm doing. But what is beautiful in Malachi 3.6, it says this, I am the Lord and I do not change. So the God that we see that was with Moses, the God that we see that was with David, the God that we see that raised Lazarus today, uh, Lazarus is the same God here with us today. Come on, if you believe that this morning, say a little amen if you believe that. The same power that the Holy Spirit that rose Lazarus is the same Holy Spirit that is here with us today. God is, has proved over and over and over again that he is to be trusted. Uh, like I said earlier, I went to a Bible school in Miami, Florida, which seems like an oxymoron, saying like, you went to, it's always funny when I tell people where I'm at, they're like, yeah, I was at a Bible school. They're like, you weren't there to party? I was like, nope, I was there for God. <laughs> so say one of the 20 people there. But um, uh, during uh my time in Miami, I came home for spring break in 2020. And as many of you guys know, I was home for about 50 weeks on spring break just because they were all online. Uh, and I was like, man, I'm excited to go back to Miami. I'm excited to be back in college. So then I went down in March of last year. And as many of you guys know, uh, actually, I don't know how many of you guys know this, but uh, when I was down there, I uh, I thought I was going to be there for five years. I was like, man, I'm going to spend a lot of time here. I love the church. I love the people. But then something happened. Just a couple of things happened. The P, some disappointments happened in my life uh, where I couldn't live with the people I was living with. One of my closest friends, something happened with him. And I remember thinking, Lord, man, yeah, you told me to come to Miami. I thought I was going to be here for five years, not five months. And to be, to be honest, I was disappointed. I was like, man... I have to move back home and everybody at church is going to be like, why aren't you in Miami? But I was disappointed with God. But 
that past summer, that's when I got to meet a couple people actually from Oklahoma. And they're like, hey, you should look into this internship. I'm like, no, I've done the internship for the last two years. I'm good. I'm not doing another internship. But what I'm trying to say is this, that even in our disappointments, God has a plan for us. I didn't, it, I didn't know what it was going to look like to be there for only five months, but God has directed my steps to Oklahoma, now to Kansas. But that's what we have to do as a follower of Jesus, just to be obedient. We may be disappointed, but obedience leads to revelation. But let's look at verses 33 through 35. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. He was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? Jesus asked them. They told him, come see, come, Lord, come and see. And then if you want to remember, remember an easy verse, John eleven thirty five. then Jesus wept. When I know for me, growing up hearing the stories like, oh, Jesus wept because he was super, super, super sad. When in actually he was weeping because he was angry. He wasn't angry because of their distrust. He wasn't angry because they were disappointed. He was angry because of the power of death on his friend Lazarus. He was angry because of what sin had done into our world. And that's what we celebrated last week was the resurrection of Jesus. And that's why he was sent 2,000 years ago. He was sent so that me and you could live in eternity with him because he was so angry. He was so fed up with the power that death holds over us today. And like Jesus said, he says, I am the resurrection to life. If you believe in me, you should live in eternity. And maybe there's some of you here today that are like, Nolan, I haven't made that decision to follow Jesus. We're going to give you that chance in a second. But Jesus, he was angry with, their, his, with the power of sin. And I want to encourage you guys today that Jesus, he put on flesh and blood, bones so that he could walk and he knows what we're going through. He knows the anger. He knows the sadness. He knows what it's like to feel like people have let him down. And Jesus, he walks with us. But I want to pray over you guys right now. So with every head bowed and all eyes closed, maybe you're here today. You're like, Nolan, I've been disappointed with God and I want to put my trust in him again. So if that's you, if you're like, no, I want to put my trust in you, you can just lift your hand. No one's looking around. And we're just going to pray over you and just say, hey, Lord, I want to trust in you. Let's pray this over each other. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you are with us in our disappointments. Thank you that we can trust in you. Thank you that you never change, that you are always the same. Father, we just love you so much. And with every head bowed still, Maybe you're here like, Nolan, I want to accept Jesus into my heart. I want to come into relationship with the creator of the world. So on the count of three, if that's you, you can just lift your hand. One, Jesus loves you so much. Two, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And three, if that's you, you want to make that decision, you can just lift your hand boldly in faith. No one's looking around. No one's looking around. Man, we see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. But let, church, let's pray this all together. Repeat after me, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live my, the rest of my life for you. Holy Spirit, fill me.
In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, we had someone make that decision to follow Jesus. Come on, if you're not excited about that, come on, make a little bit of noise if you're excited. But man, I want to invite my dad back up, Pastor Mike back up to uh, wrap up the service. All right. Thank you, Nolan. We're so proud of you. I know his parents, Heather and I, are just so proud and we're so grateful. How many people know that God's grace exceeds our parenting skills many times? Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Like, oh, if it was just up to me, those kids would be a train wreck. But God intervenes by his grace, and he helps us in our weaknesses. And it's just, I'm so, I'm so proud of him. We don't get to talk this way often, but really proud, really thankful for the opportunity God's put in his path. And I know the way I started years ago in my first journey in ministry was, um, it was a lot of bumps and bruises and it was just, a, it was very difficult. And now to see Nolan has this opportunity to bypass, well, not bypass, he paid his price even in his younger years, but just to see God's faithfulness. I really believe this church with all my heart, and I want every parent to listen carefully. I believe that every generation, the next generation, should even be better off because of our faithfulness. I believe in generational blessings. That every time we serve, every time we give, we're just sowing into the next generation. And God sees that. And by his goodness, he just pours it out into the next generation. And I'm just so excited about what God's doing. Amen? So excited about what God's doing. But not only in his life, but he wants to do all those things in our life and in this church. God wants to do incredible things. So I'm just so thankful that you're here this morning. And um, if you're in that place where you're hurting this morning, I love Nolan's point, just lean and trust in the Lord. One of my favorite verses, I think it's a favorite verse of many of us, and that is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways. Do you know what the promise is? He will make your path straight. God takes the path and makes us straight when we trust in him and when we lean not on our own own understanding. So I just want to encourage you today, whatever you're going through, God is with you. God is with you in the person of the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. So I just want to encourage you today. We are victorious. We are victorious. So here's what we're going to do. We're in this sermon series, as Nolan said, by the way, where it's called the seven I am's in the book of John, Jesus says, I am seven different times. And he follows it up. Today, we learned that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. So for the next six weeks, we'll look at the six remaining I am statements where Jesus declares who he is. And the whole reason in wanting to preach this sermon series is because my heart has been breaking. And my heart breaks that um, there's people in our world and even sitting in our churches week after week that really don't understand the beauty and the power of who Jesus is. So that's our desire in these seven-week series, the I Am statements, that we want to just give you a clear understanding of who Jesus is. Because I really believe that Jesus has gotten a bad deal in many churches in our country today. People see him as something less than he really is. I want to let you know when we have a revelation of who Jesus is, we're going to want to run to the person of Jesus. Amen? 
So next week, we're going to look into the name where Jesus says these words in John chapter 6. You can read ahead. Jesus says, I am. Multiple times, he says, I am the bread of life. And we're going to look at what that means next week when he says, I am the bread of life. So why don't we do this? Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? We want to thank Nolan. We want to thank Bonnie and the team for a great job. All of our greeters this morning, our people in the nursery, just thank God for a great team. Here's what I want you to do with the person you came with, with the person you came with. I just want you to join hands with the person you came with. So don't worry about the other person, just the one you came with, okay? Why do I say that? Because people call me the next day and said, you should have saw the guy in front of me when you said that. He was really nervous. <laughs> Believe me, I get those kind of texts on Monday morning, okay? So with the person you came with, okay? I want to bless you. Everybody ready? Extend the other hand towards the front here this morning. May the Lord bless you. You received the blessing this morning. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you. And may the Lord be gracious to you and your entire family. May the Lord show you his favor. Do you want the favor of God? It's there for you. May the Lord show you his favor. And may the Lord give you his peace. And Father, I pray that blessing over every individual in this room. I pray that blessing over every family that is represented in this room and online this morning, that we would be families that are blessed by you, Father. And we pray and we receive these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.